We are continuing tonight in our series on the renewing of your mind. And so we've been laying a great foundation, really digging pretty deep into Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and verse 2. So we're laying a foundation. And so now we're going to keep going and building into that. And so actually turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Let me just read these two verses again to you. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. So Paul... He's saying to them, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then in verse 2, he's going to tell us how to do that. He says, and be not conformed into this world. Or I should say, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, why? So that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This is, this is very, very, very important. And as we get into this, remember last week, we, we, we've ended the service with something that you got to understand. There's a principle you have to understand. And remember we said this, we used the word no, Put an arrow towards it, then you reckon. Put an arrow, and then you'll yield. Why do people not yield to the word of God? Because they don't know it. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean by know it intellectually. I mean they haven't experienced it. They haven't seen it. They haven't, in other words, they have not got revelation knowledge of the word. You must have revelation knowledge of the word, which comes, how do we get that? We've talked about it here all the time. You got to put the word first. You got to give it your undivided attention. This is Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, right? You got to keep it ever before your eyes. You have to keep it in the midst of your heart. If you jump down to Joshua chapter 1, in verse 8 and 9, it talks about you never let the word of God depart out of your mouth. You meditate in it day and night so that you could observe to do what's written in it. So I gain revelation knowledge of the word, but then after I do that, I have to reckon it. Remember, we, we defined reckon. It means to calculate. It means to put it together in your mind. It means to accept, to be true, what is already an established fact. So I see the word, and then I, I'm, I'm literally putting it together in my mind. I'm accepting to be true what is already an established fact. What do we mean by that? If God said it, it's truth. It's established right? If he said he would meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory and that it would come to you by his son Jesus, that is forever settled in heaven. The fact that God will always cause you to triumph, always give you the victory, forever settled in heaven. It's an established fact. So you've got to see it, but then you have to be able to reckon it. Remember we talked about Romans chapter 6, how do you walk free from sin? You have to reckon yourself 
as dead to sin. The Bible says sin won't have dominion over you, that you're dead to sin, but you've got to reckon it. It was, it, was, it was literally a mathematical or accounting term. You had to calculate that. You had to put it together in your mind. So in order to reckon something, you have to know something. In order to know something, then that, that's when you could reckon it. So we see what we're doing now. So if I want to reckon myself dead to sin, how do I overcome every sin habit in my life? I have to reckon myself dead to sin. How do I do that? I sit there and go, okay, Father, today I thank you that I am dead to sin. For it is written in Romans chapter 6, I was crucified with him. I got to know that, have revelation knowledge of it. I was buried with him in baptism. That means when he was buried, that old man that I was was buried. I was raised to newness of life. Father, I thank you that you raised me to a brand new life. I am now a new creature in Christ. Sin does not have dominion over me. Right? Number four, I was identified with Jesus' crucifixion. I was identified with his resurrection. That's number five. And number six, it is written, and sin shall not ever have dominion over me. Right? So I know this, I gain revelation knowledge, and then I reckon it in my mind. That has a lot to do with the renewing of your mind. When you do that, now you'll yield to it. So many Christians are like, I mean, this was me. Man, I want to do the right thing, but I just keep messing up. What I didn't realize is I can't keep myself. Have you figured that out yet? Yeah. Right? Wow. Do we, have, do we have to get any more lumps on our head trying to be good? Right? No. The word is what does the work. Who keeps me? Jesus keeps me. Who keeps me? Another way to say that, the word of God keeps me. What produces everything in my life? The word of God. What is going to transform and renovate my thinking so that I am not conformed into the world, but I'm transformed as I renovate my mind so that I can know, literally know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for my life. So we ended that by going, you know, know, reckon, yield, right? Well, we got all kinds of Christians struggling in their physical lives, struggling in their thought lives, struggling with their mouth, struggling with all these things. And instead of struggling, let's start doing what Paul says. Listen, you know, Paul, he knew some things. He said, listen, I got to keep my body under I've got to take thoughts captive. I've got to be careful where I'm going and who I'm listening to and what I'm listening to. This is life and death, right? So if you're sitting here tonight and you're going, man, I'm just not seeing the will of God for my life, just go back. Don't beat yourself up. Just start the process. And that's a process. The renovation of your mind is a one-time decision that you will walk out every minute of every day of your whole life. Every minute of every day. Right? You know, if you, if you diet, you could have a cheat meal. 
You don't have a cheat meal with this. Why? Because we don't want death. Do you want death? You've been redeemed from it, right? So this is so very important. Know, reckon, and yield. So in other words, reading God's word is not enough. You must renew your mind to the word of God so that you see things differently, so that you think differently. This is, this is the statement that will describe know, reckon, and yield. So you got to get the word of God down on the inside of you. Why? So that you can reckon yourself to be who the word of God says you are instead of what the world is saying you are. If right now you find yourself struggling to make your bills on time, the world will say that you are in lack. Right? But what does the Bible say to somebody who's in lack who we would call poor? Let, what are they to say? I'm rich. Why? Well, because God said you are. Well, where did God say that? He said, I've redeemed you from the curse of the law. So right there, he redeemed you from poverty and lack. That's part of the curse of the law, right? He redeemed you. Well, how did he do that? By being made a curse for you. He took your place. It says in another portion of scripture that Jesus was made poor on the cross, basically. We know that's where he was made poor, so that we, through his poverty, might be made rich. Well, what is all this rich? That is a full, the, the word rich literally means a financial, full and overflowing supply. More than enough. Okay? So now the Bible is saying that, and then it says in Galatians 3 that he did that so that the blessing of Abraham would come on us. Right? So that we could receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Well, the blessing of Abraham, go back and study it. The blessing of Abraham was threefold. The first thing that happened is God made Abraham rich. It increased his influence in the earth. Why? So that, number three, he could be a blessing to others. Man, I'm so excited that I get so excited at the fact that we are living in the season of his coming. We are living, I mean, we, I mean we're going to go from faith to sight. We're that generation. We need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, ready to be a storehouse to help others. So you get the word down on the inside of you so that you can reckon yourself to be who the word says you are instead of what the world says you are. What happens to you if you go to a doctor and they, they do tests and they determine and they diagnose that you have some sickness or some disease? The world will say you are sick or you have this disease. But what do we have to do? We have to get the word of God down on the inside of us so that we can reckon ourselves in this situation so that we can reckon ourselves to be who the Word says we are. Who does the Word say we are? 
The word says, by his stripes, we were healed. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. Right, what happens when I do that? Then I am able to yield my body to this. And, and I throw up my hands and I say, Father, I thank you. I don't, I, don't, I don't lie. I don't say, Father, I thank you that I'm not diseased or not sick. That's calling those things which are as though they're not. That's not faith. That's stupidity. That's Christian science. Oh, and I'm not really sick. See, Christians, we're Christians. We don't back down from anything. We don't fear anything. Faith, we don't deny we deny the right. So we're like, wait a minute, no, no, no. If Jesus bore this, I don't have to. So now sickness, disease, I know the root of it all is satanic oppression. So Satan, I bind you, I command you to take your hands off my physical body, whatever condition, let's say it's arthritis. Arthritis, I know that you have ears. You can hear me. So in Jesus' name, I command you to leave my body, for it is written, he sent his word and healed me. It is written, he forgives all of my iniquities and he heals all of my diseases. Right? It is written, it is written, it is written. And see, as we submit ourselves to God, which is really submitting to his word, and we resist the devil, guess what he has to do? He flees. That's faith. So we have to get the word on the inside of us so that we can reckon ourselves to be who the word says we are instead of what the world is saying we are. Right? This is so important. This is tied with the walk of faith. This is genuine faith. Right? We're not denying circumstances. We're not denying sickness and disease. We're not denying poverty and lack. We're denying their right. They, they all must bow to who we are in Christ. We have been made worthy by Jesus. Our worthiness, our righteousness is not because of what we've done. It's literally came to us because of what we believed. Do you see that? This is so big. And, and, and it says here in verse 2, it says that we, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God doesn't have three wills for your life. Well, you know, I blew the perfect one. So now, you know, gosh, even the acceptable one, I kind of messed that one up too. So I better really be careful because all that's left is the good. And I don't want to mess that up because I don't even know, right? No, 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 no. It's, did you notice it doesn't say good, acceptable, and perfect wills of God. It says will of God, right? It's talking about a progression. Why? Because you enter God's perfect will in degrees. Why do you do that? Because the renewing of your mind is a process. It's all been given to you. 
When were you given all the blessings? I mean, the Bible says we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. The Bible says we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's all ours, but we have to lay hold of these things. So many times we've got to renew our mind so that we can actually believe that this thing that we can't see or this thing that there's no way it can come to pass if God said he's given it to me, it's already mine, and I have to take possession of it with my faith. Or I should say it correctly. I have to take possession of what he's given me by his grace. I take possession of it, and I pull it into this natural realm with his faith that comes to me as I hear his word. Okay? So this is how it works. You enter the perfect will of God progressively I mean when you get hungry for God you're just like man I got to know everything right now right Alicia I have to tell on you so and you know what I'm talking about so I, we run into each other at Divine Truth Bookstore and and here's Alicia she's sitting there or standing there right in front of all these books drooling she wasn't actually drooling okay but I mean she was drooling on the inside and, and you can just see it all over her face. I got to know everything now, right now. And I, I, I know that look because that, that's, I just hunger after this. But God had to just tell me, Tony, relax. I progressively develop my children. And with God, listen, you don't go to first grade unless you pass kindergarten. You don't go to second grade unless you pass first grade. Now, don't worry about the tests. It's open book. The guy who has all the answers is on the inside, and he is motivated to tell you the answer. But literally, this is, you, he progressively develops you. He doesn't want Satan coming and, and you going too fast, and then all of a sudden you just fall apart. No, he wants to put everything in you all along the way. And many times, he's slowing you down. Right? I mean, because uh, have you ever seen little kids? They don't really think. Right? It's like, oh, this would be cool just walking on this thing with my eyes shut, spinning. And you're like, this is a cement floor. Right? You know, I'm a little older than you. I've hit that cement floor a few times. You don't want to do that. That's the way God is. Because we're just like, so many people, okay. I could just feel it like down at Raymond at the Bible college. Right now, people are freaking out, right? It's February. And, and everybody, the first question, it's not, hey, how you doing? What are you going to do after you graduate? <laughs> right? When I teach 30-year students, I'm like, listen, step number one, if you haven't been active in your church at Raymond Bible Church helping out, don't go start a church. You won't, nobody will help. And you'll wonder, wait a minute, I come to church every, every Sunday and every Wednesday and there's thousands of people here and man, Pastor Hagen, he just has it made. Well, maybe there's a few things you haven't seen. If, you, if, you, if you're a third year Ramah student, and man, you know, I'm a third year, I'm a third year pastor's student. Okay, that's yay, right? Right? I've been at Rama. I haven't been honoring God in my finances. Man, don't go start a church because nobody will give. And you'll sit here and go, what is going on? 
right? Everything flows out of the overflow of your personal walk with him. That's how come he wants you to renovate your thinking. He progressively, he will take you right through. You'll live and experience everything from glory to glory to glory to glory, right? Good, acceptable, and perfect. It all is a flow. It's all wonderful. God wants you completely hungry, but he wants you completely content where you are on the way to where you're going. Because I'm not trying to become successful. As a Christian, I've started out successful. Right? You accept Christ. We need to go, congratulations. You are now a world overcomer. You have overcome everything the world could ever throw at you. Everything that will come against you is way below your feet. Satan's way below your feet, and you've got the greater one on the inside of you. Congratulations. You just won a world championship. Now, come on, let me teach you and show you how to walk this out. It's basic because everything's on the table. So this is what we're talking about. Paul is talking about a progression of walking in the will of God as you renew your mind to the truth of his word. That's what these verses are saying. So here's the difference. The difference on being, man, I'll tell you, there's just, there's a flow here today. I'm just sensing such a pull. The Holy Spirit just, he's here to help us. Be excited about this. He's here to help you. The difference between being conformed to the world's way of thinking, the world system, and being transformed, right? The difference between being conformed and transformed is this. What is going to change you? That's the difference. Is the pressure from the outside going to change you? and press you into the mold of the world? Or is God's word on the inside going to transform you so that you can walk in the the path of God, the blessing of God? You could walk in the Zoe life. That, That is the battle right there. Think about your life right now. Think about your life when you look at what's going on outside. It starts to press you, doesn't it? Think about what happens when you start believing things in your heart in the word of God and speaking them out of your mouth. All of a sudden, man, all things become possible. Right? It starts starts transforming you so that you know how to walk out God's plan for your life. Being conformed to this world means the outside pressure of the world is trying to fit you into the world's mold. Spiritual growth, I would encourage you to write this down. This is something the Lord told me years ago. Spiritual growth happens when you align your soul. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotion. Emotions. Spiritual growth happens when you align your soul with what your spirit already knows and sees from God's word. The mind, the soulish realm, is, I should say it that way, is the battlefield. 
Spiritual growth happens when you align your soul with what your spirit knows from God's word. So here's the big question. So pastor, if I am perfect on the inside, then why don't I live perfect on the outside? Right? Have you ever wondered that? You love God, you just want to honor him, and you just seem to mess up all the time. But then you come to church and then your pastor tells you, man, you're, you know, your spirit's perfect. Well, that's great, but if I'm perfect, why in the world, wh why is all this going on? Why am I not living perfect on the outside? Here is the answer. Because I haven't done anything with my soul that connects me to the outside. See, your soul connects you to the outside. You are a spirit and you possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your soulish realm connects you to the outside. And we're going to talk about this soulish, how this whole thing works. Right? What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, listen, my mind will literally gain information from my senses. Right? And then my emotions will tell me how I feel about that. Right? And then my will will cause behavior. My behavior will come out of that. I'll make a decision and I'll act on it. So I got to be careful what I'm renewing my mind to. Right? So let's talk about this a, a, a little bit. The reason why I'm not living perfect on the outside is because I haven't done anything with my soul, which is what connects me to the outside. Doesn't that make sense? Christians are, man, how, how am I going to overcome this? Well, listen, just renew your mind. You renew your mind, and now your mind's renewed. So now you're seeing everything right, and your, your renewed mind will side with your spirit and tell your body, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to say this. We're going to say this. We're not going to get angry. We're going to walk in love. We're not going to be moved by this. We're not going to allow the spirit of fear in our life. No, 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 no. I understand that's an outside force that I don't want anything to do with. This is so important. I must renew my mind with the word of God. Right? Renewing your mind with the word, it's a process of adopting an entirely new system of values. See, the world is upside down. The world thinks if you don't have enough, you better hang on to what you have. Could you imagine if a farmer lived like that? Things got a little scarce and he's like, man, I only got a little seed left. I'm just going to keep it. No, 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 no. You, you got to plant it. The world will say, if you don't have enough, keep what you have. God says, if you don't have enough, sow. If you want to be first, God says, be last. If you want to live, oh, you just got to, you have to die. It's just completely, the world's upside down. Right? 
It's a process of adopting an entirely new system of values, an entirely new way of looking at life through the Word of God from God's perspective. When you renew your mind with the Word of God, you literally see life, see every circumstance, every situation, you see it from God's perspective. So in other words, you always know there's a way out of everything. You already know you win. Remember what we taught on Sunday? Vision. We went into Isaiah about how God is the God. He's, there's none like him. He tells the end from the beginning. Remember how we said you got to get this? That when God, what happens when he does something, when he starts something, he never starts it until he goes and finishes it. He finishes it and then he comes back and then he starts it. In other words, when you showed up, you're complete in him. You have everything that pertains to life and godliness. Oh, your situation might be like, man, I just don't have it. Oh, no, you do. You just don't see it. But it's there. It's impossible for you not to have the victory in something because he's already gave you the victory. So we got to renew our minds to these things. See, the process of renewing your mind, it releases a supernatural transformation in your life that God desires for you. Stop trying to do it yourself in your own strength. Stop trying to look at who you are based on on your past and what you've done or not done. No, 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 no. If you want to see who you are, you have to go to the one who created you, who knows who you are. Right? God wants you to meditate in his word so that you can see it, right? So that you could understand it and then adopt his way of thinking and then use it to replace what the world has tried to program you with. That's the renewing of your mind. Why are we saying this? Because here is the truth. You change into an entirely new person when you change the way you think. And the word will change the way you think. Right? And the Holy Spirit is right down on the inside of you to do it all. He'll teach you everything you need to know. When you change the way you think, then you will be able to identify God's will for your life. So simple. Not easy because the enemy wants to play mind games with you. Right? As you're walking through life, you're going to be tested on this material. Things are going to happen from the outside. Pressure from the outside is going to try to press you into the mold, right, of the world, but let the word of God that you have learned, that that you have revelation of, that you have reckoned, and that you have yielded to, let that transform your life from the inside out. How many times should I say that? I can tell you this, the more I say it, the better this service will be. Because we got to get this. When you change the way you think, then you'll be able to identify God's will for your life. You won't buy the counterfeits. 
counterfeits, man. They waste your time. They give you heartache, right? They look so good, but all roads lead to death, right? No, why have the counterfeit when you have been given the real? Why have just a natural life? You're a child of God. Eternal life does not start when you get to heaven. It starts right now. Man, you walk in the Zoe life of God right now. That's why we always say this, the Bible doesn't teach positive thinking. That's below us. The Bible teaches unlimited thinking. Right? Yeah, but pastor, there is no way. Oh, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah, there is. He's called Jesus. God makes a way where there is no way. As a matter of fact, you don't see the way right now, but I could tell you, I know there's a way because I could see the way. The word has shown me. It's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path, right? So this is the thing. You just have to decide to start the ongoing process of renewing your mind. This process comes from two sources, the word of God and the Holy Spirit speaking to you. What will the Holy Spirit speak to you about? the word of God. He only testifies of Jesus, right? The renewing of your mind has to do with your will. This is so important. You're, you have a, in your soulish realm, it's the mind, the will, and the emotions. It has to do with your will. The exercise of your will determines whether or not you will submit yourself to God and resist the devil. It's the exercise of your will. Am I going to do the word? Am I not going to do the word? It all comes down to the exercise of the will. So, controlling your soul begins with your decisions and your choices. You have to learn how to make right choices. That is what your soul is designed to do. God wants your soul to be renovated and renewed so that you can make right choices. Okay, we're going to talk a lot about this. The life that you now have is a result of the choices that you have made right? So understanding how to make right choices is critical. What's the statement about insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing you've always done, expecting different results, right? So you see, but, but here's the thing. If you're like me when I started this deal, I didn't make a lot of right choices, I couldn't sit here and say, man, you know, Satan has just really messed with me. No, I, I chose it all. Then I grew and I realized, well, the reason why I chose it all is because he messed with me. That's why you messed things up. You completely blew it. Guess what? Proverbs 11, I think it's verse 31, says the righteous shall be repaid in the earth. It says shall be recompensed. That's the word repaid. Whether, see, yeah, but pastor, I blew it. Okay, Satan's still got to bring it all back. 
while you're in the earth. The older you get, you're like Satan. Are you getting nervous? Right? My life's a vapor, so you better get busy. Bring it all back. All, with interest. Yeah, there we go. Right? So look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. Pastor Tony, are you ever going to get off Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2? Give me a break, man. You know, you guys are always talking to me about, wow, you went through 40 scriptures in this sermon. <laughs> I love it. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow. Hmm. Guess who he foreknew? Everyone. So he foreknew you. So this is talking about you. He also did predestinate. That means he pre-planned, he predetermined something for you. What? For you and I to be conformed. Wow. This means fashioned like unto. The image, the very resemblance and representation of his son. That's God's plan for you. Wow, talk about a purpose in life. Hey, right? What do we say? Hey, um, so tell me about yourself. What do we always say? Well, you know, I work over here, or I, I'm this, or I'm that. Well, you know, um, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm in process right now because God loves me so much, he's fashioning me and conforming me into his representation and his resemblance. People will be like, whoa, okay. <laughs> right? Boy, I'll tell you, there's people out there that God foreknew that are hurting, that are afraid, that don't know what they're going to do. And God's over here going, come to me. All of you who are weary, all of you who are overburdened, heavy laden, and man, I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. Amen. Right? That's Jesus. I love this. Look at Psalm chapter 1 through these lenses. Because Psalm chapter 1 in verse 1 through 3 this is a man who has separated himself unto the Lord. How did he do that? By delighting in his word. How do you, me meditating in the word of God is delighting in the word. I mean, it's amazing. He has separated himself. I have made a decision. I'm going to separate myself unto the Lord by living a life where I delight in his word. Wow, it'll change everything about what you see in your life on the outside. Blessed, it says. This word blessed in the Hebrew language means empowered and enabled to prosper and succeed. Empowered and enabled to prosper and succeed. See, there's, there's, there's teaching out there 
that would be classified under this prosperity message. And man, you can hear a lot of wonderful things, but if, if the slant of it is just all about material things, it's, 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 it's like I need to go take a shower because it'll become all about things and, it's, and, and you'll never get that because how, how we walk with things is we seek him and he just adds them and that way things never have you. So you drive away with a brand new car and you go to church and all of a sudden if the Lord says, hey, give that car to this person, you're like, okay. Because you know the same God that gave you that one will give you another one. And you're not into all this stuff and you're not, you're not going to stay up tonight till two in the morning, right? S sending money to some preacher who's going to send you like, like a sock and if you wear it, it's going to bring blessing in your life. Are you kidding me? Forget that, man. Might as well go buy a lottery ticket. Right? Send money to me, and you'll be blessed with the Joab blessing or the Boaz blessing. The, the way he blesses me, he'll bless you. Brother, based on what you're saying, I don't want anything to do with that. No, 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 no. This is what my Bible says, blessed and empowered. Empowered and enabled to prosper and succeed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. The man that does not stand in the way of sinners, doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, New Testament believer, but his delight is in the word of God, and in his word he meditates day and night. He delights in it, right? Right? Look at what it says here. This man shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That means all of the abundance is coming from within. That means I'm never looking from without. Because I already know. See, how am I empowered to prosper and succeed? How? By delighting in the word of God. Who is the word? It's Jesus. Paul said, man, my determined purpose is to know him. Right? He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water who yields, who brings forth his fruit in his season. This is your season. Nobody could stop you from bearing all your fruit but you. And how many of you want to not bear all your fruit? Look at that. There's not one person that's raising their hand. I am not raising my hand. <laughs> Literally. You want to yield all your fruit in your season. Well, how are you going to do that? This is what happens to the Christian. Oh, man, you know, I just, I got, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and, you know, maybe I need to position myself, you know, in this ministry or go to this school and do this. No, brother, you shut up and get over yourself and start delighting in the Word, and the Word will bring it to pass. And you'll have joy. Right? Paul said this, I don't hold my life dear to myself so that I can finish my course with joy. 
Man, we should be the happy. People, people should be like, you know, those Christians, they are so happy. They'll be over there laughing at you with their friend. Look at that idiot. They're talking about laying us off and he's happy. Right? And then that person who said that, when all the friends leave, he's going to come over and go, hey, hey, can I, can I, can I get a cup of coffee with you? Because, man, I'm freaked out and you're so happy. Right? It's the way it works. I'm telling you, you and I, are fruit-bearing machines because we carry the very Zoe life of God, the very presence of God. And if we'll delight in him, in his word, what happens? We will gain revelation, knowledge of his word, and we will be able to reckon his word for us. We'll, able, we'll be able to put it together in our mind. We'll be able to come to the conclusion that I believe what is an already established fact, and then I can just yield to it. And I'll yield all of my fruit in my season. But wait, it gets even better. So as I walk on the earth, as I get physically older, my leaf will never wither. It'll remain fresh. Everything is fresh, right? And whatever I do will prosper. I love the word prosper because if you really study that Hebrew word, it gives you a picture of, of something being brought to maturity. In other words, you could read it like this, and whatever I do will be brought to maturity. Guess what? Who's bringing it to maturity? God with me in him. It's, we're walking together and he's bringing it all to maturity. And nobody can stop it. Satan can't stop it. The economy can't stop it. Right? No, no, no person on this earth, no principality can stop it. So it all gets right down to delighting in his word. In other words, this man is looking at life through the lens of God, through God's lens. He sees everything. Cancer looks really big to a human being, but it's nothing to God. Right? Poverty and lack looks really big if you've ever been in that. But when you compare it to God, it's nothing. Right? Oh, man, the enemy will talk to me all the time about how this, this uh, work of his called Faith Family Church, how it's never going to be brought to maturity. And it makes me laugh because he can't ever stop it. And he'll tell me, man, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to study more and you need to pray more. And it's like, are you kidding me? It's like it's up to me. No, no, I'm along for the ride. You watch. It's a great ride. Right? Because I'm going to delight in his word. I've made my decision. I'm going to renew my mind with the word of God. I'm going to let the word do the work. I'm going to just rest. That's faith. To live like this, you will be very, very conscious of his abiding presence in your life. This is what happens when you renew your mind. You are completely conscious of the fact that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's with me right now. Yes, 
I'm never lonely because he's with me. Right? You're conscious of his abiding presence. You're conscious of his word. I mean, it's hard for me to even say I sense the word. I can feel the word on the inside of me. It's just, it's not only, it's like fire in my bones, but it, it's just like life. It's like, I can't explain it. It feels like liquid life. And it drips with this message of, Tony, I just love you. I'm for you. Right? Just keep your eyes on me. Don't let the enemy steal anything by getting your eyes off me. You'll be very conscious of the specific insights that he has spoken to you by the Holy Spirit. Man, I am very conscious of the fact that Faith Family Church, it will always be a place of repair. When I say that, I'm conscious of that on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit has shown me that, that people will come into this place a mess and God will completely transform their life. He does it. What a ride to walk with him. So this is why in Psalm 34, 8, have you noticed what we've stepped into? It's just, it's like the glory of God. Man, we are exalting him. Amen. And his presence is here. Amen. In Psalms 34, in verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, you have to taste in order to see. Man, you don't take this piece of steak. When you taste it, you don't, you know, you don't cut off this piece that's just dripping. I mean, it's good. If, could you imagine if, if you, you go to mahogany and get a steak and you, you know, a filet mignon and you cut that off. And then you just put that little piece on your tongue and you just sit there. I mean, you, I mean, you know, it, it won't be bad for a little while. That's torture. But if you actually, what do you have to do to taste? You got to start chewing on it. How do you taste God? You start chewing on it. Well, who is God? What do you mean chew? Yeah, Jesus said that. You got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. We meditate in the word of God. Man, when I roll this over, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Do you know as I taste that, I don't begin to see that I'm something. I just, it just... It just drips with this flavor that God loves me so much that he has made access of his strength in my life all the time. You start meditating, man, he is the vine and I am the branch. He's the unlimited vine. Therefore, what limits can be on the branch? There is no limits. Hallelujah. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man 
that trusts in him. So this is why you've heard me say this. Now go to John 15, 7. Go to John 15, 7. Wow. Don't you feel like it's just our brain is getting a good washing because our spirit is being filled, right? John 15, 7. You've heard me say this. This is such a foundational piece of the renewing of your mind. It says here, if you abide, that means to permanently remain in me, and my words abide or permanently remain in you, you shall ask. See, we get this word ask, right? We, 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 our mind, our unrenewed mind will think ask is, hey, uh, Father, can you please give, give me this? I'm sick and I re- will you please heal me? No, 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 that's not what the word ask means. The word ask here means to call for, to require, to make a demand for. Right? The Bible says this, that we are to call for. We're to make a demand for. Well, in other words, Lord, I'm coming to you tonight, and and Father... I've got symptoms attacking my body, so I thank you that you said you healed me. So I I require my healing. So I just receive that. I'm making a demand for that right now. Does it mean you're demanding God, God, you better give this to me or else? No, that's stupid. He's already given it to you. Right? Whenever I think of some of these theological things, the only word I could say is stupid. Because it's, what if you, if, if I abide in him and he, his word abides in me, I will call for, I'll require, I'll make a demand for whatever I will. You know why? Because guess what? My will has become one with his will. So I am not asking for something outside of the realm of his will. Why? Because I abide in him and his words abide in me. Does that make sense? And it says, and it shall be done unto you. Now look at this. It says here, and it shall be done unto you. Man, does that make me excited. You're like, Pastor, what? Okay. Jake, It doesn't say, and it shall be done for you. It says it'll be done unto you. It can't be done for me. Why? Because he's already done it. It can't be done for me because he's already done it. So what you need, he's already done. Because he's so good. Man. Isn't that amazing? So all I got, what's my part? I, if I make a decision to permanently remain in him, what does that mean? I'm not going to let the outside things of the world press me into their mold. No, I'm going to allow the word of God on the inside of me to transform my thinking. So now I permanently am abiding in him, right? And his word is permanently abiding in me. So now his will and my will have become one. 
And now what he has already said he's given me will be done unto me. Not for me. Wow, isn't that good? That is so good. The Weiss translation. You didn't know Pastor Edwin made a translation. No, it's a... The Weiss translation says, if you maintain a living communion with me and my words are at home in you, then I will command you to ask at once something for yourself, whatever your heart desires, and it will become yours. Why? Because he gives you the desires of your heart. See, we get all messed up because we watch too much TV, we listen to too much of the world, and all of a sudden we think desire is some evil thing. When the very word desire, D-E-D, of, sire, S-I-R-E, the Father, true desires are from the Father. And when you delight in the word, this desire in your heart, God will give it to you and it will eclipse all the desires of your flesh, all the things that you think you want to do. And if you keep delighting, that desire will get bigger and bigger and bigger. If you stop delighting, it will just kind of go back down and then things get confusing. Right? Boy, we're learning some stuff tonight. So this verse reveals that we are to renew our minds with God's word. Abide involves what we do with our mind. Abide, it's talking about what you do with your mind. Abiding involves being consciously aware of the indwelling presence of God in your life. Oh, there's so much peace when you go to bed tonight and you're laying on your bed and the enemy might try to come with some stupid thoughts, isn't it awesome to know you literally can lay there being consciously aware of his abiding presence with you, that he's there with you. The God of the universe never leaves you and never forsakes you. You abide in him by increasing your awareness of his indwelling presence in your life. That's, now, this is a big principle here. You abide in him. How? By increasing your awareness of his indwelling presence in your life. That's how you abide in him. That he never leaves you, that he never forsakes you, and that you can trust him. So how do, I, how do I increase my awareness of that? You keep speaking it. Father, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Almighty Holy Spirit, I thank you that you will never leave me, that you will never forsake me, that when I walk through the waters, you're with me, that when I walk through strong rivers, they will never overtake me because you're there with me. When I walk through the fire, it won't even kindle upon me because you're with me. Hallelujah. I don't fear anything because you're with me. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Right? See, we've got a young pastor sitting over here. He, you're ready to just jump up. I could probably throw you the Bible and just go for it, right? I'm telling you, this is so good. 
God wants you to know it so that you just go drip on everybody. Because God is good. You walk around and go, oh, man, taste and see that the Lord is good because it is forever settled in heaven. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Hallelujah. You must continually refill and replenish your conscious awareness of the presence of God in your life. So, to experience transformation, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. To experience transformation, you have to become grounded. What does that mean? Mentally revived in the fact that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you. Wow. So let me just read a few scriptures in closing here. 1 John 4, 4 says this. You guys are laughing. <laughs> Pastor Dave's going, closing, Pastor. I always give him a hard time. You are of God, little children. 1 John 4, 4. And have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not? that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. These two scriptures drip of the fact that he is always with me. We are living temples of his presence, and we are re to reveal him to the world. Check this out. Isaiah 42, verse 16 it says, and I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. And I will lead them in paths that they have not known. And I will make darkness light before them. I will make crooked, crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them. Again, unto them. And not forsake them. See, you get revelation of some of this stuff. That he's with you that he never leaves you, he'll never forsake you, right? This will affect what you do. It affects where you go. It affects how you behave. And it really affects the boldness that you walk in. We walk bold in the earth, not arrogant. Arrogant is I'm all that. Bold is, listen, he is all of that, right? We must be rooted and grounded in the fact that God is with me, that he's in me, that he goes before me, that he makes all the crooked places straight. Isn't that good news? Yes. Hallelujah. God's word is so rich. Well, I'm so excited. I can't wait till next Tuesday already. We got a lot more that I want to get into. We haven't even started. We're just kind of laying a foundation. But praise God. I hope this encourages you and builds you up. Man, I'm telling you the grace that is upon the word of God, the power that flows from the word, the anointing that's upon the word that lifts burdens, destroys yokes of bondage, destroys lies. Just walk in the freedom of that. Amen.